0: You're listening to the Australian Water Association podcast series. My name is Joe Taranto and joining me is Chris Hertel, Water Market Leader, North America at GHD. And we're discussing hydrogen reduction in wastewater treatment. Welcome, Chris.
1: Hi, Joe. Nice to uh, talk to you.
0: Chris, as a chemical engineer, what are the challenges you see for the wastewater industry when it comes to biosolids management?
1: Well, I think at the moment, uh, a key thing that everyone's trying to achieve is is to uh, look at wastewater treatment, not as wastewater, but as a resource. And resource recovery is a very hot topic at the moment. Um, however, a lot of the processes to date don't really take that to the full level. Um, and this process, we think, is something that, that will take it to that next level where you can really maximise um, recovery of resources.
0: So there's a fairly compelling opportunity, you'd say, for a circular economy when it comes to wastewater treatment.
1: Look, I think there's there's really a, a very compelling drive for it because if you look at what's in wastewater, I mean, obviously it's ninety nine point nine something percent water, um, and that's obviously you know, number one um, to try and recover the water. And there's a lot of work being done in that space. That with the remainder, though, you have you have energy. Um, in the water, in, in the organics that are there, you have, uh, you have nitrogen, phosphorus and a whole bunch of other trace elements there, which are also something we can recover. And some of those, particularly phosphorus, are, are very limited in, the, uh, in uh, the world at the moment. And so, so if we can recover it from waste, that's going to be a really great thing.
0: Historically, what has biosolids management looked like?
1: I guess traditionally, um, biosolids management, if you go way back, was was really um, disposed of. Um, so there wasn't really any talk of, of, of reuse. Um, however, then it sort of developed, um, moving away from that sort of just disposal mindset and going to landfill, um, we started to move more towards land application um, and then uh, this then as we started to use it on land we realized we had to improve stabilization dewatering to minimize trucking costs um, and so forth uh, and then i guess at the same time there was there was a drive from some utilities to to go down a thermal route um, and this particularly i think in the 60s and 70s there was quite a few incinerator plants that were built um, however, there was issues with those in the old days when they didn't have very good um, uh, air emission control. And so whilst there's still quite a lot of those around, particularly in Europe and the United States, there's, there's actually none in Australia anymore. Um, and then I guess things have been moving towards some alternatives, changes to stabilisation, trying to recover more energy out of sludge um, and and moving towards some, some other uh, energy recovery processes like pyrolysis, gasification. Um, however, all of these have se- seem to have problems with them.
0: And so one of the processes that you're particularly interested is hydrogen reduction. Can you tell us a bit about the history of its use?
1: Sure. That um, hydrogen reduction... Um, Back in back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, um, it was a process that actually comes out of the petrochemical industry, um, and it was applied to uh, to in the waste sector to manage. Uh, back in the 70s and sorry, back in the 80s, when we had um, issues with PCBs and dioxins and and DDT, all those those pesticide wastes, um, there was a, a big push to to get those out of the environment and, and disposed of. Um, a bit similar to what we're um, encountering at the moment with PFAS actually. Um, and so this particular process, the hydrogen reduction process, was used to dispose of um, uh, or destroy some of these these nasty wastes. Um, and I was involved the company I was working with then, we, we actually used this particular process in Perth um, to dispose of all the the uh, PCBs and, and agricultural um, insecticides and pesticides that were collected in Kwinana, and we used this particular um, process to do that.
0: And so how now is hydrogen reduction being looked at for wastewater treatment?
1: Well, the people that first applied it in that area, after that they, they sort of did quite a lot of work. It, it, it comes out of Canada originally, the, tech, the technology. Um, so they got involved in a lot more hazardous waste destruction. And then sort of in the 2000s, they started to look at maybe using it for, for other biosolids. Um, and so started to do some trials with, with, um, with, um, sewage sludge and also with municipal solid waste. And those trials were quite, quite um, good. Um, and so that's how it sort of evolved into, into the solid waste area, apart from just the the um, hazardous waste area.
0: You talked a little bit before about some of the limitations of existing processes. Do you see that hydrogen reduction has similar limitations or is it better placed?
1: Um, I mean, every technology will have some limitations to it. Uh, I think, though, probably the key with the hydrogen reduction process and its evolution from hazardous waste through to to biosolids management was uh, the technology becoming available to separate hydrogen from other gases um, at at temperature um, using uh, ceramic membranes, so that enabled this process to sort of be be more uh, energy sufficient by 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 that uh, approach. Um, so the the beauty about this particular process compared to other thermal processes is it you you feed it with um, dewatered solids so so only you know quite quite moist only 25% solids you can feed directly into the reduction chamber um, because the process actually needs the water um, to to produce the hydrogen that you, you need for the process. So other thermal processes need to dewater to you know almost bone dry, 90 90 plus percent um, solids before they can go into the thermal process.
0: Do you think that, therefore, this technology has the potential to really disrupt conventional wastewater treatment?
1: Um, Yeah, Joe, I think think it really does. And um, I've been sort of... uh, yeah, in discussion with a number of water utilities in North America and and uh, over here in Australia as well um, about this technology and the, the, the real beauty of it is is that uh, through the process you can um, because of this ability to take very um, low moisture or sorry high moisture content um, waste. Um, it, it changes the way we can think about our, our processes in the wastewater area. So now all of a sudden, um, instead of us trying to remove nitrogen and phosphorus and, and other things, COD in, you know, in activated sludge and things like that, if we can now try and harness all of that in pro- some sort of primary treatment, feed it into the hydrogen reduction process, um, and we can recover the energy. We can recover some of the water, um, the, 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 the products that come out of this are, um, are basically a, a gas, which is combustible um, to produce energy or to be converted to renewable natural gas. Um, and then you can, from the, the, the other streams, you can all the phosphorus and nitrogen get converted to phosphine and ammonia. And when you scrub those out, um, you can then recover those as well. So it really opens up our thinking um, to, to, to really change the way we, we manage wastewater.
0: A lot of drivers of circular economies obviously are financial as well as resource recovery drivers. How economical is this process, Chris?
1: This process is still um, you know in the sort of... Uh, pilot sort of area but based on based on what uh, you know, we know from full-scale operations on hazardous waste and applying the costs that were um, uh, applied to that, we certainly see this being competitive um, from a capital perspective and operating uh, cost perspective because, Um, of the energy recovery side. Um, So if you compare it, say, to uh, anaerobic digestion, which is a biological process to produce biogas and then energy, um, the amount of energy that you can recover going down that route is significantly less uh, than what you can recover with this process.
0: One of the issues with biosolids management are contaminants of concern, Chris. How does hydrogen reduction manage those?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, thanks for that, Joe. And 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 effectively, because you're operating this this particular process in a, a reductive uh, environment, as in you know with no oxygen, and you've got hydrogen in there, uh, a lot of the the issues with with managing hazardous materials such as PCBs um, and the like, uh, and the, of course PFAS, which is on everyone's uh, uh, tip of everyone's tongue in the water sector at the moment. Um, you you actually reduce that with the hydrogen, um, and you end up producing HF, which is is easily uh, uh, you know converted to uh, to calcium fluoride. So compared to other processes, obviously land based processes. Anaerobic digestion don't do anything to these hazardous wastes. If anything, they just concentrate up. And incineration or oxidative processes actually produce um, greenhouse gas um, compounds such as uh, CF4, um, whereas the HF makes makes it you know pretty much uh, and not an issue for for that. And similarly, you know PCBs uh, chlorinated. Hydrocarbons will get converted to hydrogen chloride.
0: Do you think, Chris, that Australia is well positioned to look at hydrogen reduction?
1: It's nice with this particular process that, unlike other thermal processes, you usually need a lot of scale to make it um, viable. So really, you know, with gasification and pyrolysis and those processes and other um, uh, thermal processes, you really need to be Sydney or Melbourne, and that's that's pretty much about it. Or, you know, maybe you could consolidate all the, the, the biosolids from from uh, Brisbane uh, or Perth to, to make, make it viable. But this plant, you can probably, uh, we're looking at probably somewhere between 10 and 20 dry tonne a day of biosolids um, to make this viable, which now brings it down to, to much smaller populations. And to augment that too, it's not just sewage biosolids that you can put into this. you can also put uh, municipal solid waste. so it could be you know an overall solution for a town to manage their their, their biosolid and and uh, other solid waste.
0: Who's leading the way in this space in your eyes Chris in terms of a country?
1: Look this this particular technology as I said before is, is, is being developed in Canada. Um and we um with my role over in North America, I've you know come very close to the, the technology provider there and we're working with them on how we can get this to market at the moment. Um so yeah, you know, I would have to say that at the moment North America's um you know, leading the way. I've had I've I've presented on on this particular topic at the IWA conference um in um, in tokyo a couple of years ago and there was a lot of interest from the europeans uh so so it's something that i think is is has got a lot of global interest and and there's another twist to it as well um an alternative uh, product that you can produce out of this is is actually uh, microbial protein so instead of producing the gas um, and using it as fuel you can actually take that As a source um, to feed to an aerobic gas fermentation process and and produce microbial protein and this is something that the europeans are very interested in and uh, have been uh, looking at trying to apply
0: and so with this exciting developments what do you see the next steps
1: well really the next steps are and it's getting pretty close um, to get a pilot demonstration uh, of size Um, in operation in north america and uh we're you know, we're hopeful to see that that happening in the next um, um 12, 12 months um obviously COVID's you know thrown things into a bit of a, a spin at the moment but but hopefully we'll still be able to move forward with uh, uh the interest that there is uh because renewable energy is is something that uh we think that a lot of the um the funding that comes out of stimulus around the world will probably move towards environmentally um you know, good um projects so so this one you know firmly fits in 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 as one of those that should attract funding.
0: Well it sounds like an exciting time for you Chris. I've been speaking with Chris Hurdle Water Market Leader for North America at GHD. Thanks so much for your time Chris.
1: Pleasure Joe. Thank you.